0: The program will learn how to better navigate college selection, get tips for maintaining students' teeth and gums, highlight a former Naperville Councilwoman, and chat with the head of District 204.
1: But first, I'm sitting down with a family doctor to explore ways to keep our kids healthy as they return to the classroom this fall. As summer winds down and the first day of school approaches, there are things parents should consider that will help their children get a healthy start to the new school year. Joining us today on 630 Naperville is Dr. Francis Anthony, a family medicine physician with the Edward Elmhurst Medical Group. He's here to offer some back to school tips. Welcome doctor.
2: Hey there, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming.
1: So let's start off by talking about, you know, the importance of that annual well child visit. You know, mm-hmm. So Why is it important and when should I schedule one?
2: Yeah annual well-child visits really essential as part of any child's health care growing up. And in terms of scheduling, a lot of parents think that they have to wait until the start of the school year Mm -hmm. in order to get it done. Don't have to wait. You can bring your kid in over the summer, get that wellness visit underway. Um, Sports physicals, same thing. You know, you can get that earlier on in the summer as well. And in terms of the importance of it, you know, it's more than just, checking off boxes on a school physical form. Yeah. You know, we do a pretty comprehensive evaluation as part of the annual wellness visit. We're going through your child's height and weight at every visit, making sure that they're growing appropriately, making sure they're up to date with all their immunizations, their developmental milestones. And it also affords us an opportunity to identify behavioral health issues, if that's a concern. You know, We're really big now on supporting emotional growth and supporting mental health as well. So. Pretty all hands on deck. We cover a lot of different categories at these visits, so all the more important for parents to schedule those things on a regular basis. Excellent. Uh, as far as the sports physical goes, also, like I mentioned before, very important to get done. I'd say with the sports physical, at the end of the day, it's basically to see if your child is safe enough to participate mm-hmm. in athletics. And for that, what we're doing is we're going through the medical history. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going through allergies, medications, even general health conditions that might affect your child's ability to play, like asthma. And most schools at this point require a form to be completed for participation in sports anyways. So I would say overall, you know, the sooner that you can do it, the better. It's always good to get an early head start so you're not rushing towards the end of the school year.
1: Yeah, because we always pack a lot in when it comes to summer. Mm -hmm. And so finding a time to get that done throughout the school year or in between is wherever you can fit it, fit it in? Absolutely. And speaking of packing things in, backpacks. Sure. <laughs> we yeah. know kids are getting a lot to take home. Yeah. Maybe there's a favorite thing they wanna put in the bag as well, a stuffy mm-hmm. or a water bottle or whatever else. Yeah. At what point should I be concerned or be thinking about how much it weighs or how it's worn mm. for my child's safety?
2: Great question. I'm gonna preface this by saying that one of the most common things that I see in my clinic amongst adult patients is chronic back pain issues. Mm. And some of those back pain issues can trace their roots back to childhood. Really? You know, as kids get older, they're wearing heavier backpacks. And in general, I only recommend wearing a backpack that's about 10 to 15 percent of your child's total body weight. Okay. You know, your child weighs 80 pounds. They should not be wearing anything heavier than 8 to 12 pounds. And other things that are important, backpacks that are wide, backpacks that have a lot of padding, especially on the shoulder straps. And... If your kid is the type that likes to wear the one sling over the shoulder, you know, tell them, encourage them to wear both straps on both shoulders. It puts a lot less strain on the spine overall, and they will be thanking you later on in life.
1: So it's both the weight and then also the, how it's being managed across. Exactly, exactly. Excellent. And so a lot of kids may take a bus, may get a ride to school, but Mm. you know, we're walking or biking depending upon how we're getting there. Yeah. How can I make sure if my child is walking or biking to school that they're staying safe?
2: Of course, yeah. street safety is more than just looking both ways before you cross the street. I would say for children under the age of 10, I usually recommend that they have a parent or guardian walk them to school. I don't really recommend them walking to school by themselves or alone, uh, especially because that is an opportunity for the parent to really socialize with their children. And at the same time, they can Tell them the basics. You know, Look both ways before you cross the street. Point out traffic signals and explain the meaning of them. For our older kiddos, our tweens, our teenagers, it's really about making sure that you're reviewing the route that they take to school, whether it's on foot or on bike. You want to make sure that it's a route that's safe, but also that they're mature enough to handle. And if you're doing those things at a baseline, I think that's a pretty good place to start, I'll, mostly because it's a pretty often overlooked subject yeah, so yeah
1: and then something that i'm facing a lot right now we've got a, a five-year-old is mm. summer and sleep yeah they don't really go together super well mm. you know it's still bright when it's later in the evening and sure so, sure why am i going to bed now yeah so how can i help kind of ease some of those concerns and make sure that she's getting enough sleep in the summertime
2: absolutely yeah sleep i mean we can't get enough of it across the board at any age uh If you're talking about general recommendations, children between the ages of 6 to 12, we recommend they get to anywhere between 9 to 12 hours of sleep. For children who are older, 13 to 18, we recommend between 8 to 10 hours of sleep. I know that sounds idealistic. I know that sounds like easier said than done. But there are a few things that you can do to make sure that they're practicing good sleep hygiene habits. So one. I always tell parents, avoid any screens before bedtime. 30 minutes before bedtime, your kiddo should not be looking at cell phone screens, TV screens, those things can really disrupt your natural cycle of sleep. Uh, no big meals right before bedtime. You know? And I'm talking about right before, no big snacks, things like that. Uh, and then also, something that's sometimes overlooked, your bed should be treated as just a place for sleep. You mm-hmm. know, As soon as your kiddo is in bed, hits their head on that pillow, shouldn't be on the phone, shouldn't be watching television, shouldn't even be doing schoolwork or on the laptop because you basically want to psychologically train that the bed is meant only for sleep. And those other activities can use a separate space.
1: So things that I should practice as well.
2: Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and things that I should practice as well. You know, we're all guilty of no, it.
1: And how about that transition from, okay, it's summer's over, we're heading to school again. Mm-hmm. Any tips for easing that transition back to that, that school system assist- cycle is going to be a little bit different than the summer cycle.
2: Of course, yeah, great point. I would say a couple of weeks before the school year starts, start practicing that sleep-wake schedule, the school year schedule, mm-hmm. with your child. So whatever time your child will wake up at for the school year before it starts, start doing that in early to mid-August, what have you, a couple of weeks before, before they actually start. And that will get them into the routine. The big thing about sleep, I would say, is consistency consistency is key it's the name of the game if you can get them into a routine it really will help in terms of their long-term productivity and health throughout the school year excellent yeah
1: and then finally as you're thinking about activities in summer a lot of us keep busy mm-hmm. we might favor convenience over our our dietary needs mm-hmm. and so how important is keeping that good nutrition in place for the the growth of my child
2: yeah yeah absolutely i it goes without saying, your child is growing, they're going to need good nutrition to support that growth. I would say one of the things that parents can do especially is meal prep. Mm. You know, Planning those healthy meals and snacks ahead of time is going to go a long way in terms of avoiding that fast food rush at the end of the day. And even beyond that, there's a great aspect of socialization when it comes to meals. I'm a big believer of families sitting down together at the dinner table. Great way to socialize, great way to get together. And also, even one step further than that, you can cook with your kids. Develop those eat-y, healthy eating habits early on in life.
1: Excellent. Yeah, yeah, get them involved. It gets them encouraged as well. And yeah. They'll enjoy it. For sure. Thank you so much, doctor. Appreciate your time today, keeping us on that healthy path as mm-hmm. we transition from summer
2: into the school year. Of course. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Up next, we're on location at our alma mater, North Central College, with Kaylin Riswold of the Naperville Chamber of Commerce.
1: She's joining their new VP for Enrollment Management and Marketing to get some hot tips on how to better navigate college selection.
3: Welcome to Business Forward. I'm Kaylin Rizvold, President and CEO of the Naperville Area Chamber of Commerce and today we're talking about the workforce and the future of the workforce and what that looks like and how we can help invest in our students. I have a vice president, Aggie Henny from North Central College here, and let's dive
4: right in. What should students be looking at now as they're considering college? Sure, I think location is a great opportunity to start that college search process because it has a lot of implications, whether a student wants to be in a large metropolitan area or a small, smaller rural campus or maybe something in between. With location, there will be additional implications such as transportation to campus, such as opportunities for internships, opportunities for jobs and networking. So that's always a great place to start and how do students find out whether location makes um, all of their wishes come true. They come to campus and find out whether that fit is what they're looking for. Um, Oftentimes, our students talk about community. The sense of community that they feel when they visit allows them to narrow down their choices.
3: Outside of location and transportation, what else
4: should students and their parents look at as they look to make this decision? Um, Certainly, academic choices uh, are top priority for students, and I think one way to start that search process is to narrow down the types of programs that they're looking for. Some institutions offer very unique majors that are not available elsewhere, um, so that certainly narrows down the process, but many institutions offer a lot of choices that overlap, Um, so that makes things a little bit more complicated, but it also can be positive for students who are not sure what they want to major in. It's totally appropriate to take their time figuring out if they chose the right major from the get-go or if they ended up starting undecided because ultimately that's what college experience is all about figuring out whether or not they want to pursue a particular area whether or not that area is a good fit for their strengths Um, so that search process can happen at an institution that has a lot of different options not just very unique options this decision certainly can feel overwhelming as we're looking at the strengths of our
3: future workforce and current workforce How are you seeing that play into the college? Are you
4: seeing people come in and and change majors or transfer from different schools? Absolutely. It's a very common practice. Um, As a matter of fact, it's actually less common for us to see a student who starts with one particular major and sticks with that major. That happens by all means. But many students uh, engage in that search process through changing their majors too. Um, So completely normal, um, completely um, possible for students to change directions at any point. The earlier they do it, the better it is because they positioned themselves for the appropriate courses for that track. Uh, But it's really completely appropriate for students to still be in that discovery stage.
3: This is certainly an investment of time and energy and learning, which is great, but it's also a financial investment. How does that play into this decision?
4: So finances typically start um, that conversation for a lot of families, which is very appropriate. College is an investment. Um, In my role, I often like to think that students should really keep in mind that because it's an investment, it's a lifelong commitment. And as such, thinking about the investment that they're making, not in the short term, but really how that investment positions them for lifelong careers. Nowadays, many students, once they graduate, end up changing jobs every five years or so. Um, That tells us that students should be prepared prepared for those transitions as they happen throughout their lifetime. We know that there are careers that will be around um, in 5, 10, 15 years that we can't even predict. Um, So with that, it's important to think about the entirety of the college experience, not just the outcome of a particular major. And we oftentimes talk about college being quite expensive, and that's absolutely the case. But there are other types of things that are also expensive, and we don't tend to think about them the same way. Healthcare or legal services are those examples. Um, Those costs have changed over time just as much as higher education costs have changed, but we're really not thinking about that being an investment into our children's future into our own future as we pursue lifelong uh, education. So those are some of the reasons to think about it from the perspective of a long-term investment. I think it's important to keep the rhetoric that's currently out there about the value proposition of a college degree um, in check because it's important for us to recognize that there are still many careers that absolutely require college degrees and that won't change. Um, So that's one perspective. Another perspective is again this lifelong commitment of setting oneself up for a career if college is not the right choice right after high school that's fine too that door is never closed Uh, students can engage in different educational opportunities whether it's full-on four-year degrees or certificate options or graduate degrees or any number of options um, many much later in their life too and that's completely appropriate as well
3: well thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insight and as a north central alum myself i'll end with go
0: cards thank you go cardinals (laughs) After the break, getting some tremendous teeth tips from a local dentist. Wow, that's a mouthful to say.
1: Stay with us on 630 Naperville. People from
5: Chicago pull for Chicago. We root for its teams, celebrate its successes, push through its challenges. When people call us the second city, it's misleading. We're second to none. We're hardworking, resilient, but we have a good time. When you live in Chicago, you proudly call this home. Your bank should, too. We're WinTrust, built here for here. And we've taken our place at Chicago's bank because no other bank can say the same. He took
1: his victims at night. They were never heard
4: from again. We were there when true
1: crime podcasts spiked your anxiety.
0: Maybe try binging something less intense next time.
1: We were there for that. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. Welcome back. Hey, Paige, did you know the dentist said I should be flossing more? Oh, really? Yeah, so I'm uh, working on my dance moves. Ah. Uh... What? Fine. <laughs> Up next, Paige chats with the dentist to get some back-to-school oral health tips. They'll have your kids brushing all the way to the bus stop.
0: I'm joined now by Dr. Ali Khan from Highline Dental Services. He's here with some simple tips to help children maintain a healthy smile throughout the school year. Thank you so much for being here today.
6: Thanks for having me here, Paige.
0: So I have a five-year-old daughter and I wanna make sure I'm doing what I can to help her have a healthy smile. So what are some of your top teeth tips for children?
6: Well, I recommend them brushing twice daily and you know, rinsing with mouthwash and flossing the teeth.
0: Is there a good age for a child to start using mouthwash?
6: Usually about like four or five years of age is a good time.
0: Oh, so I'm a little bit late with that, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And flossing twice a day along with the brushing, correct?
6: At least floss once before she goes to bed, at least once.
0: Okay, perfect. What about another oral care tip for kids?
6: She can use a fluoride toothpaste. That'll really help her protect her teeth.
0: Perfect, now is that the one that strengthens the enamel on the teeth?
6: That does, that really helps. Perfect. Yeah, that would be great just to add on. Cleaning the tongue with a tongue scraper and hydrating them with a lot of water.
0: Oh, that's a good one. I feel like people don't always think about that.
6: Less sugary drinks and stuff will help.
0: And what about candy? I know I'm gonna be unpopular for asking about candy. Does that also need to be limited?
6: Yes, candy has to be limited and then uh, Anything that sticks to the teeth, that's bad for the teeth, that can promote decay. They can have sugary drinks and everything in moderation, but it's preferable they limit that and brush their teeth and clean their teeth.
0: So along the lines of candy and things that we shouldn't have all the time, what can I pack in my daughter's lunch to help with tooth health?
6: Healthy snacks, so like, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, limiting the sugary or any starchy or chips that can be avoided.
0: And the other big thing we have to consider with kids is sports. So how are some ways we can help our kids protect their teeth at the big game?
6: Yeah, we encourage kids wearing a sports guard so that will prevent them from getting any injury or stuff like that. The custom fitted uh, ones at the dentist are the best ones.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they offer the most protection. Most protection, yes. Okay. So to close things out, what is the main thing that you want parents to take away from this interview? How can they do the best for their child's teeth?
6: Uh, Schedule their uh, regular dental visits at least twice a year and uh, we're accepting new patients. They can always visit our locations in Naperville, Aurora, Bolingbroke, and Juliet. Dental issues can be prevented and then they will just will not miss the school.
0: More time for fun but. if they don't have to worry as much about their teeth because they're healthy. They're
6: healthy, yes.
0: Wonderful, well, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this wonderful information with us today.
6: Thank you for having me here,
1: Now we're spotlighting Teresa Sullivan as she steps off the Naperville City Council. When
5: Teresa Welcome. Sullivan ran for yes. City Council, and she I wanted more voices on the dais that would represent the average Naperville Naperville resident.
7: It seemed like the city government was into small businesses and and helping them, which is really important. But I felt like sometimes the residents' voices got drowned out, and so I wanted Naperville to be able to vote for a woman. A little bit younger, kind of in the middle of raising my kids here, working at the same time, and just being that practical voice, that somebody who's not, you know, a politician, for me, it I thought, be the change you wish to see. Upon running, Sullivan would tell herself and her friends... I don't know if I'm going to win, but nobody's going to out-hustle me. That
5: hustle garnered enough votes in the 2019 local election to earn herself a seat on the city council, a role she would fulfill for one four-year term.
7: The whole four years, was, it seemed like it was, it was intense the whole time. Intense,
5: she says, because of all of the hot-button issues sometimes keeping the council debating until as late as 2 a.m. One of the first of such issues was the statewide legalization of cannabis. She says when the city council was to determine Naperville's stance on permitting marijuana dispensaries, it was her idea to put it to a public referendum.
7: I felt like we have to give this to the people to to decide because it is so close and there's so many you know feelings. Why don't we see what the people think and then I will I, I will go with whatever comes out in the referendum. And and that's what happened.
5: Sullivan says she was also proud to be part of the city council when they passed an ordinance prohibiting commercial sales of cats and dogs. An issue that had been debated since twenty fourteen.
7: I thought that Naperville really had the love for animals and for community that we could set this precedent and that maybe the state would follow. And that's exactly. You know what wound up happening so that was a really good day because i i felt like we did something that was very meaningful
5: also during her term the council voted to ban assault weapons adopted a resolution to the safety act turned down landmark status for the crayler ymca and approved a new diversity equity and inclusion manager for the city of naperville
7: there was so much emotion that came with a lot of these decisions and with the reactions and and with the relationships of uh, council members so i think that like that took a much bigger role and toll i would even say than i than i anticipated
5: still she wouldn't have had it any other way proud to have had the opportunity to serve the Naperville community and local government.
7: What an honor. I'm so glad I did.
5: Sullivan didn't want to run again for the council seat, giving her time to recharge, she says, with a good book or some Taylor Swift music. But she wants to stay active in the community. For 630 Naperville, I'm Kevin
1: Maycheck.
0: On the other side of the break, Liz Spencer asked Dr. Adrian Talley what he
1: wanted to be when he grew up. Will he say superintendent, I wonder? Stay with us on 630 Naperville to find out.
7: Oh yeah, I'll take one of your specials, my man.
4: There you go, princess. Mm.
1: We were there when you explored questionable street meat. Maybe read the reviews next time? We were there for that, and we're here for everything else. Here, it's personal because we get to know you.
8: Thank you for joining us on Naperville Notables. My guest today is Dr. Adrian Talley of Indian Prairie School District 204. He is the superintendent. Welcome, Dr. Talley, good to see you.
9: Thank you, Liz, it's great to be here today.
8: So, well, I just, I enjoy talking to you so much. And the idea behind these interviews is to get to know you a little bit further. So (laughs) the question is coming to you is, what was your favorite car that you owned and why?
9: Yeah, so my favorite car was a Volkswagen Rabbit. It was yellow, which is my favorite color. My parents bought it for me and I had it in college. And I loved the car because it could zip in and out and all around. It was a manual transmission, which I (laughs) love. It was maybe a little bit too speedy or maybe I had a lead foot, I don't know which, but uh, once in a while I'd have to be pulled over. But it was a great car, I enjoyed it tremendously and uh, sort of miss it at this point in time.
8: Was it your first car? It was my first car. I think there's something special about that first car.
9: Yeah, because it's freedom that you have. Um, And I will also say this, my parents did not buy my older brothers a car. So being the youngest, you know, maybe I was spoiled a little bit, but I don't care. That's yeah. okay.
8: You got it. You got it. I got it. Got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, I think everybody should learn to drive manual, too, Yeah, because that's you never know when you're going to need it. Yep, I agree. Everyone in my family could
9: do a manual transmission.
8: That's awesome. And this is I find really interesting, too, because we all assume, because you're the, the superintendent of, of Indian Prairie district 204 that you always wanted to be a superintendent yeah. did you want to what was the, the goal when you were a little kid
9: i wonder how many superintendents actually wanted to be superintendents when they were children but or if you even no. knew
8: there was a, such a thing
9: i probably didn't even know at that point in time i actually wanted to be a corporate lawyer wow okay. um and uh, i when i was in college i was taking some classes that i did not really like mm-hmm. accounting and economics yep And um, while in college, I was tutoring a, um, a student. She was blind and she needed to finish her French course. And so I was tutoring her in French and that's when I got the bug to become a teacher.
8: Wow, and what year was that?
9: That would have been in 84.
8: Well, I meant what year of your college education? That would have been my second year Easy. of my college. So, well, at least you, you figured that out a little quicker than s- some of us. You might figure it out when they're a senior or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, so,
9: no, I agree. Yes.
8: Yeah, so, well, that's very fortunate for us. But I'm sure, you know, a little bit of that corporate thought, that lawyery still goes with you a little bit. So, my, the other question that I had for you, which is also one of my favorite, is who might you want to have mm-hmm. dinner with? Um, if you could pick anyone dead or alive, what would be the three or four people?
9: Yeah, so uh, actually, this question was asked of me when I was in college when I was applying for a student organization.
8: Shoot, they stole my question. Yeah, I'm
9: sorry, but, okay. but but my answers have changed a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one person would be my, father, my mother's father, because I never met him. He okay. died when I was a baby, and it would be great to sort of have a conversation with him to know who he was. Mm-hmm. The other was my father's mother. She died when, she, when he was a teenager.
8: Okay.
9: Um, uh, and I'd like to talk with her about my father as a child. The final person is Alfred Hitchcock. Hmm. All because I liked film. I studied film in college. Uh, like to know a little bit more about his thinking and how he how he put together his films. So I think he would be a very interesting character. Oh yeah. There are some interesting <laughs> things about him, negative and positive. Mm-hmm. But I really would like to have a sort of sit down with him about some of his films.
8: I think that would be very interesting, very intense.
9: Yeah, it would be.
8: Do you have a favorite Hitchcock film?
9: Uh, Strangers on a Train. Oh wow. The ending is. Wonderful! People should see it. It's all black and white. Great movie. Great yeah. movie.
8: Well, he, he was a set the stage for so much that we see today.
9: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Absolutely.
8: Exactly. So as we, those things you know, let <laughs> us have a little bit of insight into you. I also think it's interesting that you chose uh, one relative from each parent. Yeah,
9: yeah. Th- these are people who I just didn't, I never had a chance to meet. Um, and my parents are very important to me um... and knowing who they are and who helped shape who they are, helped shape me mm-hmm. would be just a great thing for me to, to know.
8: I think children often forget that their parents were people before yeah. they were parents. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's interesting. So and now you are the superintendent and you you handle a lot of children and mm-hmm. a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that gives you insight into mm-hmm. that. As you look forward to the new school year, what's what's on the on the docket for 204? Well
9: out? a lot's happening right now. We're yeah. spending about 20 million dollars on construction work in our schools. So when children come back and teachers come back, in some of our buildings, they're going to have new flooring, they're going to see new pavement. Um, So the school environment for some of our schools are going to look different. uh, And we're very happy about that. This is work we're going to try to continue as long as we have some funding. Um, But then what is also important is we're coming back to another year of what I think will be normal. Last Mm -hmm. school year was, and I believe this year will be even more so. Um, Returning to what we all love about school, children being there, volunteers, our parents being involved, uh, children being engaged with their staff, with the teachers, all of that is what we're looking forward to as we go forward. We've been doing some work with mental health, uh, we've had some mental health um, uh, clinics available for, for children to use, so we're going to be continuing that work as we go forward. Uh, but I think, most importantly, ensuring that our children, all of them, are having the strong academic program that they need and deserve.
8: That would be wonderful. You joined uh, District 204 in such... Mm. a tough time. yeah, And, and so I'm, I'm so glad that this is going to be a return to a normal time because then you're going to have a, an opportunity to really shine yeah. as the superintendent in, in an environment that is not, not a pandemic. Mm.
9: You're you're right, it's interesting. Last year, this past year that just ended, I began to see what the year was sort of like. mm -hmm. And now this year coming up, even more so. So I'm looking forward to it all.
8: Well, we're looking forward to uh, continuing to keep an eye on District 204 and you, and and just enjoying having you in our community. So thank you so much. And I'm so glad this is gonna be a normal year.
9: Thank you so much, Liz, appreciate it.
8: And thank you for joining me on Naperville Notables.
1: Thanks for joining us here on NCTV 17. And now you know, from from 6.30 Naperville. I'm Nathan Ronchetti.
0: And I'm Paige Ronchetti. See you next time.